Hey guys, guys. welcome back to You Get Me. Me. I'm Ellen. And I'm Charlotte. Today we are talking about reactionary misandry, i.e. why we hate men. And why it is a reaction to things that we've experienced. And that's okay if you hate them too. Yes. So the the concept of this podcast was I was sitting there restless, full of feminine rage one night. Just wriggling around. Wriggling around in my bed with rage. Um, so I pulled out my lappy. Yes, we and often do. <laughs> yeah. We often wriggle with that's rage. The, that's the feminine experience, man. So I pulled out my laptop and I wrote a little essay in about half an hour in the middle of the night. Because, you know, that's just kind of... Because that's just what she does. That's just me. That's what I do. And if you want it. Oh, yeah, I'll send it to you if you want. Like, just... <laughs> essentially to break it down let's think about these two words reactionary and misandry Reactionary means it happens as a consequence of something that women have experienced. Misandry meaning? I find this difficult to define because when you Google it, it's kind of like some um, websites or dictionaries describe it as a form of sexism. Mm. Some describe it as contempt or hatred from women towards men. Um, And a lot of people would brand that sexism because they would say, well, it's women discriminating towards men on the basis of their gender, which is reversed. That's that's sexism right do you agree with that uh no i do not agree with that because <laughs> i love asking you questions that i know the answers to <laughs> i think when you have an ism you've got a racism or a sexism there's a power dynamic there mm. there's a hierarchy there's a societal implication and in regards to gender the societal implication is there is a patriarchy where men are dominant therefore i do not believe it is possible for women to discriminate towards men on the basis of their gender women can be mean to men women can be offensive and abusive to men but it isn't it doesn't come from that place of oppression and hatred in the same way that sexism does in my view i agree what i want to talk about today is how that experience mm-hmm. mixes up and reacts with the experience of being a woman attracted to men. Yes. Do you think it's possible when we live in this world, in, an, in, a, non, in a non-vacuum world, mm-hmm. where these power dynamics follow us into relationships, into sexual experiences, into friendships, mm-hmm. do you think, how, how, how is it possible for women to operate equally in relationships with men when this power dynamic exists and when this level of reactionary misandry exists. Yeah, I think it's an undercurrent that we'd all do very well to be more aware of and more vocal about. I think you have to be very cautious almost as a woman who dates men because, you know, you don't want your romance to become a power dynamic, essentially, because there's really the potential for that. Um, I think it also just exhibits in a lot of just like relationship dating culture like I was thinking the other day about how you know when you say who should pay for the bill on the first day Mm -hmm. Um, and you know a lot of people would say oh I'm taking the middle ground you know 50-50 I was thinking though what is the cost for a woman to prepare for a date Mm. in a heteronormative relationship I love this conversation versus a man because in my eyes before a date a woman will buy a new outfit she might get her nails done she might get a tan done she might get her hair done that can be hundreds 
hundreds of pounds and that is an expectation if she doesn't do that and turns up to the date as she is as herself the man will say she's not putting effort in she doesn't care right whereas and you're telling me with all of this a man can't pay 30 quid for my nando's nando's or you know hopefully it's it's more than nando's that always no that's fine um (laughs) no i i mean i i think i think it's very interesting because i definitely think it goes like from person to person Mm. like if it's if we're talking and all of these conversations i just want to reiterate are happening within like a heteronormative space yes. like this oh, is purely between like if there's a man and a woman and they're going on a date whatever but i also think there is an element of like okay who's initiated it yeah definitely who and that's where i think the power dynamic comes in as in in the beginning of relationships women do tend to hold the power in yes. the sense that like in a sexual way men are waiting for that do you know what yes. i mean like in the beginning, before anything's happened, women hold that power. Women have something that men want and therefore men will do things to get what they want. Right. Which may include paying for a meal or, I don't know, buying you a gift. And I think we take this kind of like, this power dynamic where we say, okay, well, women have sex to offer for men, therefore they have the power. And I think we confuse that with like genuine power. Yes. And I just don't think it is. Because again, it's reactionary. It's Mm -hmm. emulated power. Women only have this so-called upper hand because men are waiting to exert sexual dominance a lot of the time. That's not power. That's just delaying the inevitable. Yeah. What do you think about if the woman is earning more money, considerably more money, and it's kind of like, that's that's aware. Like we know this in in this situation, in this specific partnership we're going on a date. Do you think then it's fair for that to be the expectation? Um, As in she's paying? I don't think that should be the expectation, no. I think it should be clear that both parties are like equally involved and enthusiastic about the date or the situation. And I, I think that's the thing, because even though the man might be paying for the meal, the woman might have, I don't know, chosen it or she's dressed herself up or she's done something to show that she's enthusiastic and an active participant right. do you know what i mean whereas if this scraggly old man just shows up scraggly. and expects a meal and doesn't put any effort in in some other way yeah i don't think it's fair to expect the woman to cover his bill i think that probably are circumstances where a woman pays for the bill and the man pays for another i think we're talking more in the sense of first dates here. yeah no i'm thinking first dates because i think once you're once you've passed that point it, it should be like yeah like i fully expect 50 50 past that point anyway yeah 100 percent. but i think for a first date I think especially in casual dating, if yeah, you're someone casually. that goes on a lot of dates or you are in the dating scene as such, like I think it's not unfair to expect a man to pay for your meal. If you are a person mm. that likes the 50-50, that's completely your prerogative. But I do think because of the power dynamics and because of the um, financial, emotional, physical labour it takes to be a good woman, as we were speaking about last episode, mm-hmm. it isn't unfair to expect a man to pay for it. And that is my controversial opinion, which oh, a lot of people that don't is really, I don't. I mean, no. It's and not, honestly, power to you if you split the bill. That's completely fine. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. <laughs> I think, okay, not. Okay, I'm not saying this is my view, but I just think, as a counter to what you're saying, yeah. Some people may say that. Well, listen, I don't want to let him pay for my bill because then he might expect something from me. True. And so, do you not think it's almost like covering your bases? It's almost like a safety thing. Like, listen, let me pay, so you don't. I don't owe you anything. Yeah. But if he's the kind of man who thinks that you do owe him something... You shouldn't be dating him dating him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I mean, I agree. And I think in some ways having a man pay for your bill is a good way to weed out 
certain mm. men certain men who you know there's men who like to twist feminism who don't who equal don't, rights equal yeah, rights who like will load the dishwasher and then they'll be like ally and it's like what, what are you doing or they'll like they'll leave women to like shovel the snow on the driveway because they'll be like feminism yeah right okay i think that can be like there can be an extortion of mm-hmm. feminism in some ways um so yeah if we're linking this back to like an intrinsic dislike or contempt towards men mm. do you think that's justifiable what an intrinsic yes <laughs> contempt for men as a woman as a woman 100 percent. yeah if you're only experience of men as i know a lot of for a lot of girls has been has been negative yeah what to expect like literally i know i feel like the thing is i know we've said stuff along the lines like this but i think specifically in like a dating scenario mm-hmm. which maybe we haven't spoken about before if your expectations are not being met in a way that's like not even in this oh feminist this feminist that and even just like a bare minimum way mm-hmm. i don't i think it's so justifiable that then like carries on into the other parts of your life mm-hmm. because if men have consistently shown you that they're not any good yeah or not even not decent but more to that like abusive wrong bad yeah bad men Mm-hmm. then i don't understand why you would continue in a in a sort of self-sabotaging way to convince yourself otherwise yeah because ultimately it can be self-protection or self-sabotage You'd be like oh i'm sure there was some goodness in him mm. i think sometimes you've got to get real like not not to be rude or disparaging but why is it a crime to engage in some pattern recognition right why is it a crime to say every time i walk past a building site the builders have harassed me mm-hmm. for example or to say if you've got an issue with the way that i view men change the perception of men don't try and change my mind yeah because you won't the only way you will change my mind is by showing me what a good man is right i think though not again not this is my point of view but i i don't know i'm I'm still on the fence but like it is a hard kind of like balance to strike because i can't i think i can't remember who i was having this conversation with maybe my mum but essentially like we say this about manifestation and we say this about just the things we attract in life right the energy you put out is the energy you're going to get back Mm. and that i mean i take that as fact right and i think it can be difficult if okay let's say even if it's subconsciously the energy you're putting out is i hate men no men are good Mm. i think it can be difficult to then maybe potentially attract you want to attract yeah if that's the constant mindset you're taking and i'm not saying it's women's fault because like i said it is 100 percent justifiable yeah but is it helpful for us i don't know because obviously all women that hate men not all of them are looking to attract a man so that's not yes. a priority yeah, yeah that's true that's true um yeah i don't know but even but not even like oh, as a as a boyfriend or as like a mate yeah i mean like just in general men in your life yeah i think i good male friends i'm at a distinct lack of good men in my life I've got my dad and my brother, mm. but I really can't think of anyone else. The only other role models that pop into mind would maybe be like an old teacher, potentially. So I, I accept that my perception could be a bit skewed because my experience with masculinity is quite limited. But it's not skewed, it's just your experience. That's true, and it's everyone's as individual, and there are going to be people that listen to this and go, well, I, I can think of five good men who mm. would never dream of doing X, Y, Z and create like 
show yeah, me them. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, for, like for sure. And I, there are like I have guy friends that I are so close to me, and yeah. I know, like I know them as like good, good people, and yeah. I love them. That like in the same way, I love my girlfriends, but. That doesn't make them exempt from the fact that they do participate in patriarchy. Yeah, a hundred percent. And like that's conversations that we've had, and like that's kind of things that we've recognised. But ultimately, like when it comes down to it, I, like I know that they're good people and I love them. But there's only so much you can be aware of, mm. and that's not their fault as well. No, of course, because you you wouldn't be aware of the way that men come off to women if you're a man because you don't have that feminine lived experience so you could never you can never fully get it and it's not it's not really about that yeah but that yeah but the thing is it's not about that but even with my guy friends like I feel like they do they have an awareness of it like when Mm. I'm with them and we're in those kind of situations like I do think they are and they have like they because they say it like they explicitly say like not in these words but like I'm aware of the violent undertones that men have yeah like those are very like explicit conversations I've had with my guy friends that I think is quite rare yeah I think that's rare like I I think that's a very rare quality to have (laughs) because I just haven't seen that in a lot of guys that are like maybe I'm not as close with or like and people I guys I don't consider my close close friends because of those reasons anyway and a lot of that is because status as a man often relies on your participation in things like lag culture which is inherently misogynistic and belittling Mm -hmm. um a lot of the time you can earn respect as a man by making sexist jokes because this is what we say mean when we say that masculinity is a whole culture Mm -hmm. that like it's inherently flawed and it's inherently oppressive but a lot of people will unknowingly feed into it in order to gain some sort of social currency and I don't necessarily like I I have a degree of sympathy Mm. towards men who feel they have to act in disingenuous ways to have friendships right because that's also something I can relate to sometimes I feel like I have to put on a persona yeah to have friendships but the difference but is I would never dream of hurting anyone. They're not a detriment to other people, though. No. And it's no. not like they're, they're dreaming to hurt people. No. But yes. naturally, there are consequences to it. Yeah, definitely. I think when you are a woman who has a bit of a contempt or an awareness like towards men and the way that they can cause violence in the world in so many different ways, um, you're sort of at a bit of a crossroads about what to do about it. Mm. Because on the one hand, you're so angry and you have all these feelings... Um, but then on the other hand you don't want to say anything because you're afraid to be branded hysterical or showing any like string of emotion will just delegitimize your argument immediately and make you hysterical as we were saying the greek word hysteria meaning womb Mm -hmm. like immediately linked to femininity it's just a lot of people will tell you not to scare the men off because they're the ones with the power you need to have them on your side if you want to advance feminism i mean what do you think about that i think as much as it's important to further the overall feminist cause Mm. it shouldn't be at the detriment of your personal feminist cause yeah and i mean yes okay great get men on our side get the overall population of men onto the feminist team fantastic but in your personal circles if pandering to men and i mean like making feminism palatable enough for the men in your life in order to get on your side simply isn't worth it to me in the overall feminist cause because there will be men who are willing to listen and who do want to be quote unquote good men yeah 
decent you know decent men yeah which is funny that we say the word decent and that that means good man <laughs> yeah yeah but if it's at a detriment to you it, it's it then it is therefore not an addition to the bigger feminist cause yeah in my mind because women are the most important yes in, definitely. in, in this fight quote you know what i mean yeah i agree with you the sad reality is a lot of men are not willing to listen and not willing to learn mm-hmm. in the way that you want them to. So you're going to expend a lot of energy, a lot of energy, and be very disappointed with the results. Which is ultimately worse for the feminist cause anyway. Yeah, absolutely. You can't, you know, you can't talk to a brick wall. If someone's not going to listen to you, they're not going to listen to you. Um, I would also argue that a lot of the times anger and emotions are a key driving factor in achieving social change. Um, you know, I said in my essay that the suffragette Emily Wilding Davidson did not throw herself in front of a horse from a place of indifference. Right. She did it because she wildly cared about her movement. You know, indifference gets us nowhere. And feminism is inherently a form of protest and protest is inherently disruptive. Not supposed to be palatable. No, absolutely not. So then you get things like your corporate feminism, your girl boss feminism, and it just makes me want to put my head through a wall because it's like, how are you taking something that at its core is so crucial to societal advancement today Mm. and you're making it a sticker on a water bottle? And don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with having a little sticker that shows your support for feminism. Right. That's great. You know, be proud, wear it proudly. But um, when you reduce it to like furthering other positions of oppression it just right it feels so so useless yeah and as a result the reaction is miss andrew oh sorry i should have clocked <laughs> say it that. with me everyone oh sorry 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 she didn't get me it's looking at me very expectantly oh, there like, sorry the to reaction let you is miss andrew <laughs> yeah why are you seeing the crazy frog someone is bing bing <laughs> <laughs> All right, stop. You're going to get copyrighted. You're too oh, good. Yeah, I know. I'm not allowed to even put the soundtrack on. So my bad. My bad. Um, if you were to sit down with a man who were to turn around and say to you, I want to learn more about feminism. I want to understand my position as a man. What would you, where would you start? Because uh, it's all very well for us to say, you know, teach the men in your life. But like, how do you do that? Well, first of all, what a great man. Yeah. I mean, show me these men. Um, but first of all, it doesn't matter who you are. When you're trying to get someone on your side for any cause, doesn't matter if it's feminism, veganism, it doesn't matter. Ultimately, the main, this is like, this is what you learn when you're in like, you know, they do this like, how to run a society workshops. Yeah. Like forever. The way to tell a story to get people on your side is empathy. Make it relatable. Make it like, make them think that they can get something from it as well. But if a man came and like said oh listen through no gain of my own yeah let me learn the only thing you do you can do is say what you've experienced yeah because ultimately we complain about men not understanding the female experience but the only way to like get it across as much as possible is to be like here are the things that actually happen because how much access do they have to the female experience this is what it makes me feel like like not only oh this is what happens okay a, a man yelled this at me this is what it made me feel like because yeah those are very different things what happened and what you felt like are wildly different i just you're you are right and i wish that this wasn't the case but it is the case but i just wish it wasn't because i hate talking Mm. to men like toddlers and again it's not their fault it doesn't have to be toddlerish like i think from woman to woman the experience of what it feels like can also change as well yeah if a woman is more accustomed to catcalling or whatever like 
like it's going to affect everyone differently mm-hmm. and while there is a more uniform experience between women it doesn't have to be toddlerish to just say oh this is just how i felt yeah because sometimes it isn't self-explanatory because i i know women that i've spoken to where they've kind of told me something and i'm like oh fuck that, that really would have affected me like i'm mm. really shocked that you're taking this so well i wouldn't oh, say yeah. that like i wouldn't no, say no, that because i've thought the exact same I would thing be, they're telling me something like so harrowing harrowing but so calmly and i'm kind of like oh well like, that would have like knocked me for one yeah and so i think it is different for everyone mm. and you do just have to talk about it i think almost i agree i agree with you and just to segue off of that i think i've almost had a few women in my life before like not in these exact words but the kind of undertone of what they said to me is i've said i've experienced something and they've kind of been like oh like well it doesn't have to be as big of a deal as you're making it yeah and like i th- remember one time at work um this there was this awful um customer who was very touchy with the staff mm-hmm. and this had happened throughout the entire day um, and it did get to a point where there was quite a clear divide in the staff. Half of us were like, this is disgusting. Mm-hmm. What can we do? I, I will feel really violated. And the other half was like, oh, you know what? It's probably just some nice attention. And what was, who was the other half though? It was women, sorry. Right, yeah. So the, the women of, on the on the shift were divided in half. Right, okay. Um, so obviously me and my best friend were like, oh, I can't believe he touched us. Like, mm-hmm. this is awful. And then the other, a couple of the other girls were like, oh, you know what? You could just take it as a compliment. And it was just so mm. upsetting for me to hear that because I wasn't angry. I really actually wasn't angry. I was just like, you are mentally, you've been conditioned to take literal assault as a compliment to your womanhood. Yeah, Your womanhood makes you think that you can just be violated whenever men feel like it. Mm-hmm. And not only can you just be, but it should be. It's a good thing. It's a good thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I do agree, like if I didn't have such an awareness of feminism in the world and my position as a woman, these instances probably wouldn't affect me so much. But what I am grateful for is having the vocabulary to describe what's happened, what it means, and why I feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. Because especially when I was younger, you know, as you start to experience harassment and gender-based altercations, things happen and you don't know why you feel so squirmy and weird inside. Mm-hmm. The first time I was catcalled, I didn't realise I was catcalled till about two, three years later. I was twelve, I was walking down the high street in my like skirt and my t shirt yeah, yeah, yeah. and this guy was sort of was yelling at me, Hey sexy, nice legs, etc. Yeah, yeah. And my heart was thumping in my chest and my face was flushed bright red. And I got home and I told someone about it. And they were kind of like, oh, it's like nice compliment. And that that answer really dissatisfied me, but I mm. didn't know why. Yeah. And now in hindsight, I have the vocabulary to explain what actually happened. Yes. And that's something I'm grateful for from feminism. Because also a lot of people really do not have that. Yeah. And while I have, a, I actually am just a bit, sometimes a bit jealous of the women who can yeah. say like, oh, well, I didn't mind. It was a compliment. Like mm. what a nice comfort, like that, that brings me a lot of comfort almost that they can feel like that but it also deeply unsettles me because i wonder if they were to be really violated would they even know yeah would they be able to protect themselves or advocate for themselves Mm -hmm. and have the words to do it yeah i often find that like sometimes it's the smaller things that bother me a lot more than maybe slightly more conventional bigger acts of kind of like sexual aggression like what like i don't know i for some reason catcalling doesn't 
bother me as much as staring does. Mm. Really, really weird. Really weird. No, I kind of get that. But like, for some reason, catcalling, I don't know what it is. It comes really trivialised when you experience it a lot. You know what I mean? It's just a catcall. But I don't, it's not even like, oh, I've been catcalled so much that like, it doesn't bother me anymore. It's just like, there's a, I can, there's almost a sort of like comedy to it. Yeah. Whereas when there is something, this tiny little thing that just like really boils my blood with the staring that like i'm i just want them to say something i'm like oh yeah say something have the fucking balls like i, I want like i'm almost like fucking gat call me so i can say something because I, yeah. I struggle to like i it's i think the reason it bothers me so much is that i struggle to justify why i'm so angry in my head yeah. because they actually haven't explicitly done a thing other but, than look but this is a conversation i remember having like three years ago with some boys in my english class because they, they were all saying, I can't believe staring is a form of sexual harassment. Right, yeah. And we've said this on the podcast before, mm. but have you ever been stared down from the other side of a train carriage, 11 o'clock at night, some guy grabbing his crotch, looking you up and down, licking his yeah. lips? It's so insidious. Yeah. And I think the reason it's so frustrating is because you know so many people wouldn't see an issue with it. Yes, yeah, yeah. Or in theory, they... Do you know what? I think if those boys were stood next to me, they probably would go, that was really creepy. Mm. But if I just say this guy stared at me really weirdly, they go, so what? yeah like so what there's just i don't know it's just a different kind of anger i get from it because i i think i mean maybe less so but like now but Mm. especially in the past it just would ruin my day i'd be like oh yeah fuck that guy fuck him looking at me like no like no i don't i really don't know what it was but and i'd go home and i or i'd tell someone like oh do you know what i was having such a good gym like a gym session or something and and then i was getting stared at like on the way home or, or just even in the gym and they'd be like it's not, I mean, it's just, they're just looking. Like, it's not really, like, you shouldn't really let it bother you this much. And I agree, I shouldn't be swayed this much by other people's actions. And I think that's a good, I do think that is a good mentality to have for, for anything in life. Like, mm. you shouldn't let other people's actions dictate your emotions that much. But there is some kind of, like, something that just uh, robs me the wrong way. Really mm. robs me the wrong way. I really agree. I think the staring especially is just so brazen and it's so, like unapologetic almost yeah. it's like yes i uh, yes i feel entitled enough to look you up and down and like Staring. undress you with my eyes on in this busy carriage like it's just it is very very entitled i also when you were saying i don't know why it used to bother me so much i was thinking as well the other day like why was my feminism so much angrier age 15 16 than it is now i think number one i'm drained mm. but number two i was a like a child going through all of this i was a yeah. child just coming to terms with me as a sexual being that being a concept yeah and then immediately having to deal with all the aggression that came with it yeah. and i was more angry because it was more not more violating but it was so like it was actually illegal a lot of the time but also you haven't even come to like grips yourself so like no. to other people to suddenly start having all these uh, like opinions or is, projections or projections yeah. is so much more violating because you're like fuck off i don't even know second. i don't even know who i am so what are you commenting on yeah like do, can you just give i literally that whole period of my life i i'm just thinking like just give me a second just yeah. actually give me a second and i think the reason it's less uh angry now our feminism is because like okay we're, we're kind of settled down. like not not the feminism settled down but us and ourselves yeah and so it's like not only are we receiving less because we're older, as in mm. sexual fun, yeah, but yeah. also just, like, the anger of it all. Definitely. Because I feel like we're lucky enough to have some sort of sense of self now. Yeah. It's like, 
I'm not shouting in five different directions, trying to get everyone to believe me and listen yes, to this believe and me, believe feel this. Because I believe myself now. Like I yeah. have, I have that at least. It's quite grounding. Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, so true. So with all of this in mind, then I think it's no wonder that women are like as a reactionary thing mm. have this contempt towards men it is very much built into the fabric of our experience of who we are yep. i mean i'm not saying you should let your gender define you but it just it interweaves every experience you have in some way when you're a woman and i think that's a concept that men will never understand because they do they do not have that relationship with their gender mm-hmm. and that is no fault of their own but it's like another case of when you just got to give us benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And that is why sometimes if someone wants to ban brand me like a bitter, angry misandrist, I'll just take it because sure. Yeah. If this is if that's what this makes me, then sure. And also in a really anti-feminist way, I'd much rather be a bitter feminist than like what other people would consider a pick me. Oh my god, a hundred, hundred percent. Which isn't very feminist of me. But maybe, I don't actually know. Well, yeah, like, obviously, we're not shaming women for, like, trying to... to to call other women pick-me-girls feels like one of the most anti-feminist things to do. It's so difficult, isn't it? Because you can identify women that are sort of, like, feeding into patriarchal ideas or making themselves and others the butt of a joke. Mm. But then you understand why they're doing it. It's It's because they're subjugated too and they just want to feel some sort of power. So they shouldn't be putting other women down to get that power. Yes. But the crux of the issue is they are powerless. Mm. Just like I'm powerless. And me. Yeah. And you. No. (laughs) We have so much power. Yeah. I think you just have to know what your power stems from yeah i think i've said this before but i was really this might be a bit unrelated but the other day oh, i keep saying the other day i just have so many thoughts the other day um <laughs> what was this day i want it was know. a wonderful day in the notes of my phone I, I wrote down that um finding your passions is a really good way to improve self-image and what yes. i mean by that is no because your sense of self if, if someone said to you describe yourself in a way that does not include any physical descriptions does not include where you go to work does not include who your friends are does not include your hobbies what would you say who are you at your core and i think that's something that can be explored very easily through your what interests you and your passions because that's so intrinsic and i think once you develop that you can then have a much stronger sense of self and things will shake you less yeah supposedly so i think that's the way to go you focus on the lovely things you there's some battles you're never gonna win yeah doesn't mean you can stop trying but it does mean don't beat yourself up when the angry man shouts at you again because that's not your fault you just gotta s- give him a smile and move. <laughs> don't smile don't, don't smile don't smile um thank you so much for joining us it's today been it's been a lovely yeah you too it's Thanks. been a lovely conversation God, it really has and yeah do this more often <laughs> you have a good rest of your day you too and we'll see you when we see you Bye, Bye guys. guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless you.